got that nice little laugh in there. Thank you. That can be the new intro. That, that could be, be the new intro. You can tell Joe we don't need his song. Oh, DT. I don't know about this episode, buddy. Um, you know, we're back at the wonderful Powerhouse Podcasting Studios. I'm excited you guys are here. You guys, the, you guys brought gifts. That's good. Yeah, thanks for having us, DT. We're back with my co-host and the person I interview every episode. April, welcome back to a guest on the podcast that you co-host. Oh, glad to be here. <laughs> We've been talking in the last episode, DT, about who our first guest would be. We kicked around a lot of different ideas, and none of those people were available, so we settled <laughs> for our daughter, Adri. Welcome, uh, Adri. I think that's a good consolation, bro. <laughs> Not bad. I no. was about to say, wow, how many kids can say their parents enjoy them enough to choose them of all people, but it's good to know I was just the only one with so much free time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody lie. else was really busy, and mm. you didn't have anything else going on, mm. so... That's why we decided to invite you to our podcast. This is a lesson. Um, just make yourself very available for every opportunity. Always be available for every opportunity. That's yeah. We've talked a little bit about that, about just opportunity and walking through doors when they open up. This is a door. I don't think that the, it's probably more like a closet because I don't think. <laughs> I think it's like a small window. Yeah. I don't think it's leading anywhere. You guys are so nice to each other. But welcome. It was the only door open. Welcome to this podcast called Date Night Conversations, where your mom and I talk about life and different things. We talk about all sorts of stuff. I talk about your mom. Glad the third wheel here. <laughs> Do a lot of different stuff about your mom. So I make a lot of mom jokes to Adri, DT. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because it's like it's actually her mom. So I, I enjoy jokes like that. I don't. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, Adri, how long have you been walking this earth? 22 years now, as of March 16th. All right. If anyone's late on any presents. Mm. All right. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. This is a big week coming up for you. Very big week. April, how do you feel about this week coming up? Um, I'm excited for her, but um, also, like, scared for her because... She's going to be so far away. Yeah, I feel that too. Adrian, so, tell us tell us about the week coming up. What's going on? Tell all of our listeners. For the first time ever, I am moving states away from everybody I know a whole nine hours for a nursing program in Utah. Congratulations. We're so yeah, proud of you. That's awesome. Congrats. I have lived away from home before. I lived in LA for a minute. That was terrible. Mm -hmm. And San Diego, which was great, but expensive. Mm -hmm. But I have never been somewhere where I couldn't just drive home. So yeah. Adri is probably one of like the most driven of our kids. Um, and she graduated high school early. She was taking college classes in high school. And then um, she got a wild hair and said, I'm leaving and I'm going to San Diego. And she moved out. And uh, the last couple of years, you know, there's been some ups and some downs for sure. Trying to figure out where she's going and what she wants to do. But at this point, it seems like she's got a plan. She's worked really hard, passed the test, apply for school. Um, she's kind of charting her own course. We've never stepped foot in the state of Utah. We don't know a single soul in the state of Utah. We've never <laughs> driven a single mile through the state of Utah. So it's kind of random. Um, but I'm super proud that she found it, studied for it, tested for it, got in. She's her own loans, her own apartment, and uh, she's going to be launching this week. So we're going to take some time off and help get her established. That's exciting. It is exciting. Not bad for 22. There's a lot of 22-year-olds 22 out there that are light years behind. So Right. I mean, I definitely don't think – I've moved back and forth a few times. I've come back to Bakersfield for a while and then I did LA for a minute and then back to San Diego. And then when I decided I was moving out of state, I was like, I should go home and see everyone before I leave. Mm -hmm. But I don't think even moving back and forth to San Diego, I've ever put so much work and commitment into something. I've never like, I've always been able to just live with friends or have roommates or go. My, my brother lived in San Diego. I could stay with him until I found somewhere here, I've had to find an apartment I've never seen before. I've never had to take out loans. So 
Um, it's definitely a really big commitment, but I think that one, the pressure of putting so much effort into it means I can't fail. <laughs> you, you, I've got to stick to it. No, yeah. There's no option. Yeah. It's that, or I've just wasted all this time. And I also think that means that the payoff is going to be a lot better. I think it'll feel a lot more accomplishing because I put in so much effort to it mm -hmm. compared to if I just, you know, stayed home, lived at my parents' house, went to a school they paid for, you know, just like had an easier route. I think that um, the independence will pay off a lot. That makes me glad to hear you say that because I know mom and I want very much for you to be a strong and independent woman and somebody who isn't reliant on a man or anybody else to provide for you and that you're successful in your own regard. And in order for those things to happen, that's a skill that must be built. And in order to build it, you have to take on tough things and you have to establish your independence and you have to um, step out in that regard. So um, I'm glad that you're doing it on one hand, but it's also difficult um, for us so you know to not be able to be right there so you know we're a safety net and we want to be a safety net but that's a tough balance i think um one thing that we've talked about a lot is that you know every stage of parenting you think it's like the hardest stage but at this point we think that adult parenting adult children has probably been the hardest thing for us because you can't rely on because i said so or fine then i'm not going to pay for it um it's how do you try to stay influential in your kids' lives, but also let them learn? Um, we talked about having Steve and Marty come at some point, and one of the things that he talked about with me is that um, I see value and I make sure that I have built people into my life who um, aren't just things, see things the way that I do or aren't the same age as me, but people who have experienced life who are wise and Steve and Marty are that way for us. They're a little bit older than us, but they give us a lot of advice about things that they've gone through. And he talked about recognizing that with kids, that some kids, he goes, some kids learn in a classroom and some kids going learn by going on a field trip. And I thought about that for a second, and it's that some learn by telling them and some learn by going and doing it. And the vast majority of you are going to learn by going and doing it. It doesn't matter what you say. They've got to go out and learn it and experience it. And that's been really hard over the last couple of years to watch Adri go and learn things on her own, things that we could see coming for her, things that we tried to tell her were coming and to feel like I'm doing it anyways. And then watch her hurt it was hard um, as parents, but I do believe it's got you in a good spot right now to be strong and ready to launch. And I think it will make you stronger for the rest of your life. It's scary though for me because I, we, we, you, you have to keep yourself from rescuing them and these things. Like for me and him, we want to be like, okay, it's going to be hard, but we'll pay for it. Or don't worry. We'll, and we always have said like, don't worry. We, we won't ever let you fall. Like we'll help you, but you need to do it first. And then it's opposed to us just doing it for you. Even this school, you know, she's doing all this on her own. She's been making the calls. She's, you know, doing all of the research and as mom i'm not gonna lie it's super hard for me sometimes i walk away we're having the conversation i gotta walk away because part of me wants to be like well that's okay i'll just we'll figure out how to pay for it but mm -hmm. she has to have her own skin in the game and i think that's super important for women sometimes when you have your own skin in the game because that just makes you stronger um and i want her to stand on her own two feet i don't want her to have to have a partner i want it to be a want not because I'm stuck there. I don't have another option. Right. Uh, but as a mom and dad, you want to be like, oh, no, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm like, no, she needs to figure it out. And then when she can't, then we help. So that's one thing I really respect about you is, and something that um, attracted me to you early on in our relationship was your strength and your independence and how you, how you were. So DT went, April and I have been married. It'll be 18 years um, this year. So when we got married, um, Adri was four and Xander was seven. So stepping into that relationship, seeing that April was a working mom that she provided, she took care, she did all these different things and provided like that was, um, that was one of her character traits that I found um, 
attractive and that she was a strong person. But to a certain extent, I think you became a strong person because your options were uh, become the strong person that provides and goes out and does these type of things, or I'm going to fall apart and fail. And that, that wasn't an option for you. Although sometimes I see many people fall apart and fail and maybe they don't have the support structure or whatever the different reasons are that thankfully you had but adri seeing that in mom is exactly why and i want you to grow up and be that way and who i want you to grow up and be i want you to grow up and be whoever you want to be but if it were for me that's that's how i would draw you up to be a strong strong person like that and i think i've told you that ever since you were little that I want you to be strong and confident when i describe adri to others i'm like she's a pistol man better watch out because she'll tell you what she thinks oh yeah she's straight shooter she's opinionated she will look you in the eye and um she tells you something you can take it to the bank and i'm really proud of you for that i think that um it was good having an example of parents who could be so independent like it was i think it was good growing up for me having a female figure that I know like she is married to because she wants you there. I know that if you, which you would never, but I know that if you decided tomorrow, I'm not doing this anymore. Mom would be fine with or without you. You're there because she wants you, not because she needs you. And unfortunately I have seen in other marriages where that's not true. Right. And I have seen, I've made the mistake myself. It's a huge a huge lesson for me the past few years going from living at home to living on my own. I didn't know how to be independent yet. So first I was leaning on my brother and then I got in relationships where I started to depend on them and it never started off that way. It was always in the beginning. They'd always say, you're so independent, you're so strong. And then as you start picturing a future with them and start taking the relationship more seriously, I would start to put myself in positions I shouldn't have been in where I was allowing myself to be in something I shouldn't have been in a relationship that wasn't meant to be in um, a person I wasn't supposed to be with because I felt stuck or so dependent on, well, we have this future plan together. So that has to happen. Right. And I think I feel so much better and more confident now just as a whole in that if someone were around, it would be because I want them to be. And because I know even if I did build a future with someone or picture a future with someone and fantasize about that, I know what I want with or without somebody. And I've never been able to say, I want to travel here, here, and here. I want to do this job. I want to work at these places. I want to make this much money. Like I know what I want. A partner would be great in that, but I'm doing it either way. And that's not something that I've ever had. It's always been like, no, I'm doing this future that we had planned. And I'd kind of put all my eggs in that basket. And then the relationship doesn't work out. And I'm like, now I'm back at square one, not knowing what I want to do again. Right. It's a balance. And I think in any relationship, because um, to be a partner with someone, but also be independent is work on both sides, because I, um, you don't want to forget that there is a part of you that has nothing to do with the other person, but still being like, you know, we're married, so we're one, but he, he has a part of him that's not quote unquote, I'm just a, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, uh, or, you know, or what your job, there's an actual part of you that's separate. And I think for women, it's so much easier to, um, just go ahead and make your identity, your mom or your wife, uh, as a, because we just, I don't know, I think mom, women want to take care of people. And so we can, easily just let that become our whole identity and forget that there was actually a you that existed before you got married, before you had kids, and that person is still there, but then still also being able to be a mom. But it's something you are, not necessarily your entire identity. Um, Because then someday your kids grow up and they leave home. And I mean, you might, you're still a mom, but you're a mom in a different way. And then that's why a lot of people have like, you know, empty nest syndrome. They don't know what to do with themselves because they've never um, had that part of them that they worked on of there's still a part of me that is just me. 
and there's a part of you and then we're together. And, um, I just think it's super important. I think, um, I think women are very easily influenced on, um, giving up their own ideas to, to change them, to fit the person they're with, because we're most Mm -hmm. women are people pleasers and take care of, you know, other people. So it's easy to be like, okay, you, you know, especially when you're younger, you like that. Oh, I like that. Cause I like you. And then, you know, 10 years later realizing, you know, I really didn't like that. I just mm-hmm. said, I thought I liked that. We talked about that a few episodes ago. I remember mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you said something else that I wanted to bring up to you earlier in the week. Um, we met somebody and they asked you what, what, you do. And right now, I mean, you've had a professional career, but right now, because of some of your health issues, taking some time to go to doctor's appointments and try to get things figured out and be able to manage Mm -hmm. your health. And we talked about that in the last episode um, too, but you responded to this person and you said, no, I just stay at home. And um, I gotta tell you, I didn't like that answer because (laughs) I felt like you were minimizing yourself and not giving yourself enough credit for we talk about how hectic life is and this one's going here and that one's doing this and we're going here we volunteer with this organization or that organization and we do these different types of things here there we talk about this kind of beautiful chaos that we have that we like that we kind of live in and then you go i just stay at home um i don't think you give yourself enough credit for you being the cornerstone and the rock of our family not just our family under our roof but with your side of the family and my side of the family and our our friends and um, the heart that you have and the things that you do for others i think that there's so much value that you bring to our lives and to our family that saying just stay at home is not giving yourself enough credit i don't know if that's truly how you feel if you were showing humility in your response or what it was but if it's something that you think i think um i want you to recognize how much value you bring to us um but also to figure out when somebody asks you that how to articulate that you know so i don't think you give yourself enough credit either i mean even though you've never genuinely been like a stay at home mom, like that's never really been your full job. You've always worked a lot. Growing up, my mom would have to take us to her mom's house when it was still dark outside. I remember her picking me up, wrapping me up in my blanket because you were not getting me out of bed without my blanket. So she'd have to carry me to the car and then I would get out with my blanket and I would sit in the little yellow chair at Nanny's house and I would stay there until my mom was off work. And then growing up in high school and stuff, my parents were always working a lot and my dad's schedule, very hectic, a lot of overtime doing what he could to make sure that, you know, we could have a good place to live, a good house, decent cars. My mom working even before she met him all the time, because now she's supporting two kids on her own um, and never relied on our biological father ever paying for anything. I mean, he really didn't anyways, but it between the two of them, it was never even a necessity. It was more so like, we don't want the money. And now you stay at home. And I've never felt like I had so much access to my mom. So sometimes I take advantage of it. And I'm like, you know, I should tell my mom I bought milk today at the store. We haven't talked all day long. And now I have a group chat with them, text all day when we can. Um, But through this process being home, it's very stressful I'm figuring out things I've never had to figure out before. And I know that I'm going to move away and genuinely have to be more independent than I was before where my brother lived in the same city or I could drive home. And even just like, as soon as I got off the phone with the financial advisor this morning at the school talking about loans, I was like, I have to go tell my mom because if not, I will freak out. I have no idea what to do. I'm like, oh my God, this is too much adulting. I need to go tell another adult that knows what they're doing. And she's like, I didn't, I never took out a school loan. I'm like, but you have to know about it because, because you, I don't know, you're an adult. You just do. Um, And I think that you don't think about how much, when you say like, I'm just at home, I think you take away from that. You're genuinely home helping other people 
all day long, even as an adult. And then the boys now get to experience something growing up that a lot of kids don't. A lot of kids don't get to say, my mom's at home. And then, you know, you still go do your own thing. You'll go run errands. You go work sometimes. You guys get very busy. So it's not like you're helicoptering over everybody. You just, they have access to you that a lot of kids don't get to have. And I think it also, the way that you talk about yourself and the way you talk to yourself will show in your confidence. And I think other people can see also your, your confidence levels, unless I guess you're really good at faking it. But I think that if you keep saying, I just do this, I just do that. I'm just a mom. I just stay at home. It's going to take away that sense of pride. And that it's not like that's an easy thing to do either. And you've never been one to just stay at home and not be super busy. So I know that there's no way that that isn't also difficult for you too. And that's right? one of the best, the things that mom, that people say about mom all the time is her confidence and how straightforward she is. And we've talked about that before is that you don't have a lot of girlfriends because not a lot of women appreciate directness. I mean, that's kind of an overgeneralized statement I recognize, but my perspective is that a lot of um, women can be fake with each other and can um, not appreciate directness. And we've talked a lot about that before that you've always felt in the past that you've never had a lot of girlfriends mm -hmm. um, for those reasons. And you've told me before, it makes you wonder like how you fit and where do I fit and why do you not want to be my friend? But I've watched a parade of people that when things are wrong in their life or they're having problems or they want advice or they want somebody to pray for them or they want somebody to talk to you're the person that they call and you're the person that they want to go walk with and go have a glass of wine with and talk with and pray with but then when things become good again like you're not the person that they want to hang out with and i know you've said before that sometimes that hurts your feelings and sometimes you wonder why that is and I don't, well, let's see, that's a lot of stuff to go back on. Um, let's start with the just. Um, I think part of that is because it's hard to quantify <clears throat> success as a stay-at-home parent because it, like at work, I was really good at what I did, right? And you, uh, in my work, you know, you get clients because you're good at what you're doing. So now you're successful in that respect. It doesn't work that way at home. And so, and I think that not just me saying that just as a general rule, um, it's kind of looked down upon like, well, you just stay at home uh, as if it's not the hardest job. It is. Plus, it's kind of a thankless job, especially if you have little kids. And we don't have little kids anymore. But when you have little kids, like they ain't getting up and be like, oh, thank you for doing my laundry mom or thanks for cleaning my toilet like they don't <clears throat> excuse me do that so that's kind of it's harder to quantify that you're successful at it I know I was good at my job sometimes I don't feel I'm so good I'm not I'm not the quintessential Betty Crocker mom I'm not um I don't make cookies every day you know I Thank God, because I love cookies. I know, you'd be so fat. Um, I just, <laughs> and so I don't, I feel like I talk straight to my kids. Um, I'm not a helicopter mom. And I um, I don't pass, I'm not like a pacifist. I don't pacify what they need. I, I sorry, I just feel like life uh, isn't always nice. So I want to be very real with my kids. Um, so I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm as good at it as I am in the office so that's I think sometimes where that comes from even though I know I will tell you right now what I did in the office was so much easier than what I do at home well, I 100%. think I think maybe that's because in the office your success is dependent upon upon your production yes right we're at home there's no gauge no. Other than your kids being raised the right way yeah, so and being was, successful children. Yeah, she was right. an escrow officer and you're in the real estate world, DT. So it's mm -hmm. like, hey, you're clearly successful 
if realtors are still bringing you their stuff and your your profit margins are up every month and right. that's success it's harder to quantify at home right that's, it is yeah, and kids exactly still have free point. choice right so even the best parents you don't know what your kids are going to do so you can't you can't always say like oh well look my kids were all successful that means i was a good parent that's not how it works you give do the best you can and then they grow up and they have to make their own decisions uh, so i think that's why and it's not just me that says that. There's lots of women who do that, that will tell you, oh, I just stay at home. I, I There is no just about it because I, I know lots of people, uh, you know, I work with Shelly and Shelly will tell you, she's like, I couldn't stay home. No way. Mm-mm. That's My- totally not Shelly though. No. <laughs> right. She's like, because she goes, it would, it's too it's too hard. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Um, and I 100% get it. So I think that's where that comes from. Um, as far as friends. We were having this conversation because we were talking about Adri and friends. And I see a lot of, of uh, my personality in her. And so sometimes I see the same thing with her with friends. By Every- a lot of personality, she means I am a copy and paste. Yeah. I, um, I yeah. am the exact same. Everything I used to get annoyed about with my mom, I yeah. do. Mm. So. Yes, she does. Um, so Being I was, she, mm-hmm. she was having those same issues. And I'm like, you have to remember you are the one that people call when they need to talk to, when they want a real answer, uh, and they want someone to listen, you're that person. So it's not easy to be that person because you're not always the person they call for the fun stuff, even though I'm freaking hoot. You are fun. I'm so much fun. I'd rather hang with you than anyone. I know. Um, But it bothered me when I was younger. It doesn't bother me now. I'm okay with that. Uh, I just know that when I was younger, it I even much younger coming up through school, um, always feeling like I was never part, what I would think part of the crowd. I was not the in crowd. Um, I was smart and, um, kind of a nerd and I'm okay with that. But when you're younger and, or people make fun of you Mm -hmm. or all these different things, it's hurtful then, but when it, but it made me who I am today. So I'm okay with it. However, I see in the same thing with her that she has this, issue with like well then why why am i not part of the crowd it's hard to not be part of the crowd but i don't i don't want to be part of the crowd too like how come i'm not part of the crowd when everybody wants to go do that and you don't get called you know and adri we were having this conversation and i'm like so brett and i were having that conversation well i i i was that girl i was this it was the same i was not the one that they i was not part of the crowd um, and Brent always tells me that he's like, not everybody really wants to hear the truth or really wants it straight. They say they do, they, but they really don't. They right. Think they do. But the, th- the thing is, I don't have when it's not an option for me. I don't know how to be anything else. I'm not doing that because it's not because I'm better than anybody or I'm smarter or any of these and things. We've had people say that, like when we're right. direct or honest or we tell people what we really think, even though we try to say it with kindness. Yeah. We try to say it direct. It's like, oh, must be nice. You just to look down your nose or you think you're so much better or things like that. It's, I don't it's know truly how. not that. It's truly of I love you enough to tell you what I truly think. Right. Yes. I even respect if, you enough to tell you what I truly think. Even if I'm not sure if it's the right thing, it's still what I think. I have the same issue. A friend the other day, not to call her out if she's listening, but whatever, um, was asking <laughs> me about a hair color and was like, would I look good with this? I said, you would look so good with it, but just know it's a hard hair color to maintain. And I don't know, she didn't tell me what she thought, but the facial expression didn't look like that's what you want to hear. And you don't, I don't always want to hear that either. I just want to be told, yeah, it'll look good, but Mm -hmm. I can't even lie to you about that. I'm going to be very straightforward with you. Or if you ask about your relationship and I don't think it's good for you, I'm going to be very honest. If your boyfriend sucks, I'm going to tell you your boyfriend sucks. And then suddenly I don't really get invited around as often, but I had one friend who had no problem inviting me around when, you know, her boyfriend was not being loyal to her. And then all of a sudden we're not friends later on, but during that issue in that trial that she was going through, all of a sudden we're hanging out all the time. Well, not anymore, but I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I think it's good for you or I think he's good for you. And I'm going to be a straight shooter because I wish in most of those moments, my friends would be straightforward with me. It's not that I'm, shaming you or think less of you. It's, this is what I think would be best for you because I care about you. And then you can do what you want with that information. I'm still going to love you if you choose the exact opposite, 
But I don't think a lot of people genuinely want to hear the truth when they ask for it. They want you to sugarcoat it for them and be a supportive friend. But in that situation, I think then they should say, hey, I just want support, not answers right now. I just want I just want someone to listen and be supportive. But then I don't know. Ask a different friend, I guess, because I'm going to tell you what I think. I still think, too, that, again, then don't ask. Like, I'm always amazed. I'm like, why are you asking? And then you're upset with me. It's because they're they're used to someone giving them some type of confirmation or support um or lip service and, and that's why yeah and it's the way the world kind of is is now um, it's like someone just, they can vent to right and, and, and right. expect to no repercussion or like, no no realness works. yeah and uh, this is why i've i've told brent before i think i've even told you april i thought my wife and you would get along great right. because she's had the same issue we've had the same issue with a couple of friends um where you know, they they expect the support, but when the support isn't what they want to hear, then, then they don't you know the it. wheels fall off, and they're hanging out with other people, and it's cool. It happens, you know. Right. And my wife, she's always like the same thing. Like, you know, why she's never had a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. She was she was a little nerdy, super smart, um, but brutally honest with people, and uh, people can't handle it. And so, you know, the question of why am I not in the in crowd or popular and she's like you know I, I just don't know what to do and she's like i can't handle it and i told her like hey this is my perspective on it people in the world suck a lot of people in the world suck and you just need to understand that and and it's not because you're better than them but you just need to understand that you know you're you you're going to be you and you're going to be a good person a good what you think is a good friend right someone that's keeping keeping it real right um and other people they're not going to treat you the same. And you just got to understand that that's just the way the world is. Yeah. I mean, and that's right. So on one hand, we're conditioned to want to be like everyone else. We're conditioned to be a part of the group, right? And nobody wants to be the person that's different, but it's taken me to get to this point to realize that different is exactly what's needed. Like when we tell the kids, you know, every, every morning to you know, be strong be courageous, be kind, be compassionate, be humble, and be a leader. Those are the six things they get told every morning when they walk out, when they walk out the door. Well, if (laughs) that's different, you know, to do those things, it's different. It's different to not be the person to talk trash about somebody else. It's different to tell them what you truly mean, not to tell them what they want to hear and then to walk away and then say something else behind their back. It's different to be the person that says, Hey, I think that's wrong. Like that's, that is that is different. And if that means we end up with less friends, I can tell you that is one of the absolute core bedrocks of what I love about you and what keeps our marriage strong is knowing that you are that type of person. That's one of the things I really, really respect about you. And because I respect that in your mom, that's one of the things I really, really hope and wish for you. I think that I would rather have a friend who did the same thing. I mean, I also think that if I'm ever too straightforward with a friend or if they think I'm overstepping in my honesty or maybe sound rude, I'd rather someone just tell me um, than to not talk to me anymore because they're not hearing what they want to hear. <laughs> oh, that's good. Like I just to say just, that too. We like, you know what? You're at a 10. I need you to be at about a seven. With and me, then right? I can, I can <laughs> know gentle. how to maybe better be a friend. You or know, Hey, she doesn't want my honesty. She don't want my opinion. Right. She doesn't think that that's my place and that's okay. It's not always my yeah. place. And, th- and then that's when you just, you don't okay. do that anymore. I just person. go, okay, yeah. now I know, I know in where what, what capacity is. we're at. But in, I think it's also a personal preference though, with all of us in that I would rather, I, I very much appreciate my friends that I can call and get a straight shot with. I will call my friend Gracie and Danny when I need a very honest answer. They will not sugarcoat it with me. Danny will even be like, bro, you're being kind of sensitive and kind of crazy. You need to take it back a notch. That's not necessarily what I always want to hear in a situation if I'm in the wrong, but he'll tell me. Um, I can call Jasmine, uh, my cousin, who's like also my best friend. Anytime I need honesty, if I say, oh, I like this guy, she'll be like, yeah, he sucks relax. If I'm like, Oh, this person made me mad. She'll be like, 
mm, no, that was kind of your fault. They'll, they'll be that honest with me. And I appreciate it because I know there's no fakeness there. I know they're there when I need them. I know I can be honest with them. It's like, there's no show to put on. I don't need to feel like I have an issue with you. I can't say anything. There are some friends I don't even address issues with because I'm like, well, you're kind of my friend at a distance. Like we're friends, but we're not that close. I would rather have people I can be super honest with. So I think some people don't want that, have that preference, but I try to do what I would want someone to do to me. Right. All right. Well, let me take this in a different direction. Talking about honesty. I don't know how this one's going to go DT. Uh-oh. We're going to <laughs> check it out. Jesus. So oh, this April and I <laughs> He's um, like- have gotten to know um, through recently, we've been through our, our friend, um, Philip, and he's introduced us uh, to Mark and we got to meet Mark a few times. And uh, Mark's a local guy opened up a whiskey distillery called Dead Horse Distillery. This is the Dead Horse Distillery plug. So we've talked about previously that April's a little bit of a whiskey connoisseur mm-hmm. and I'm a little more red you know, Red Lobster Sunset Passion Colada. So I'm still working <laughs> on my whiskey uh, palette, right? But so recently funny. we were at an event with Mark and uh, April was drinking whiskey and I wasn't because I was finishing up with, you know, 75 hard, but I'm Oh, I'm I done. thought you were going to say you were that. finishing your stop, strawberry daiquiri. Yeah, I was finishing my <laughs> strawberry daiquiri. Those things are delicious, dude. Hey. Have you tried one since I talked about it? No, okay. but uh, I have some stories very similar. Yeah, to you're uh, you're you're like no, of course I haven't. I'm a self-respecting man. <laughs> no, Why would no. I go do that? No. The manliest thing I, I you'll see my dad drink is an eight oh five. That shitty response of no. No, no, no. <laughs> the reason I said that is because, just real quick, I uh, one time I I think we were on a cruise or something, and my wife's drinking like a stout beer. Uh huh. And I ordered like a strawberry margarita blended. Yep. I was just feeling a little, uh, yeah. you know, a little vacation, something man. a little sweet, you know. That's how it is. And then uh, she's just cracking up at me, but uh, yeah. Yeah, every Let's time April will order a whiskey neat or whiskey on the rocks, uh-huh. and then I'll order the Sunset Passion Collada or whatever, <laughs> and they'll come and they'll put the whiskey in front of me, and then the girly drink in front of her, and then we have to switch them. Yeah, and, and like, they always go, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like I, it's not okay I, for really him to the, like a umbrella in his drink. Right, like, right, it's right, fine. Yeah. yeah, everybody makes fun of me. Like I said, they take pictures of it, they post on social media. I don't care. Love it, man. I love it. <laughs> so, so Mark, great guy, and he gave April a bottle uh, to try. So I've poured a little bit for um, each of you to be able to uh, to try. So what? What Dead is Horse this Distillery bottle? here in uh, in Bakersfield? And there's a really cool story on the back of the bottle that I was reading, which is freaking awesome. Honestly, talking about you know Mark's family and kind of the history dating back to pre uh, prohibition and his his great grandfather coming from Ireland and meeting up and taking, uh, you know, their, um, the recipe that they have and moving forward with it and developing this corn liquor recipe. And, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome how they, they, uh, come across and they end up meeting in, uh, in dead horse holler in Kentucky and combining recipes. And then I just think it's really awesome that, Mark has taken that and is uh, developing his own brand. And so he was telling us when we saw him at the event recently that his business has been taking off and it's been picked up in a couple grocery stores and gas stations and things like that. And I just think it's a really cool story. And he's a a really great guy. We've, uh, we don't know him well, but just in the times that uh, we've gotten to meet him over the last few months, we've really enjoyed getting to to talk to him and and spend a little bit of time with him. And he's been a pretty cool, pretty cool guy so he uh, gave april this uh this bottle dead horse distillery and this is uh peach blossom right so this is a little bit sweeter because it's not like a you know a a straight uh whiskey bourbon i can see the coloration is very light yellow compared to like a deep caramel refrigerated and make sure you're mixing it okay but because it's a little bit sweeter but it's I don't know. I like it. Well, I like peach. So it smells good. So yeah, Yeah. it does does smell good. So, uh, Mark and the crew at dead horse distillery, this is your plug. Uh, we appreciate (laughs) you though. We've, uh, really appreciate getting to know you. We appreciate the bottle. And, uh, so he's, he's an Irishman, right? 
I don't know. I've never asked where the guy came said, from, but it, is, it does say it here. His family yeah. is from Ireland. Yeah, it says that the family came here. Yeah. I just I mean, want to make sure that I um, give him the right salutation here. So it's going to be Slancha. Slancha? Yeah. Okay. Slancha. Right. I like it. All right. Let's try mm-hmm. it. Hopefully, watch. He'll be all, what? <laughs> <laughs> I can say it's. Um, I dig it. Man, that could cause some problems if you could drink that all day, man. Yeah. That is good. Slancha? Slancha. So he's probably, he comes from Ireland, but I, I think he'd feel more comfortable saying he's, he's pretty much American redneck, man. So okay. I don't know <laughs> what his Irish roots are, but. Uh, That's all right. It has 35 a. proof. How much? 35. Okay. So uh, it has a very thick texture to it like the viscosity right. it's very thick because it's uh yeah that's why it says to mix it and keep yeah it chilled. Mm-hmm. but very delicious it was good makes it's my sweet, tummy feel warm um i really like you feel warm that's cute so i am like my mom in that um i did a whiskey club for about uh i think it was exactly a year it was the same when i did yeah and with flaviar um yeah. mm-hmm. i think I don't know if it's necessarily worth the money to pay to do it again. It was very, very expensive. I actually had bought it a year long subscription for um, someone I was dating. And then we broke up and I said, I'm shipping it to my house. Uh, This is my subscription now. So I did the rest of the subscription and I learned so much about whiskey, but that means I drank so much whiskey (laughs) that I... I don't think I like it as much as I used to because I had so much of it. Mm-hmm. But something I'm learning about Utah is they don't really do good whiskey. I'm asking my friends there, oh, what kind of whiskey do you drink? They're like Crown and Jack. And I'm like, well, that's also probably because they're younger, right? The laws are much different. Their laws are very different. You can only buy liquor in an actual liquor store. You're not mm-hmm. finding it at Walmart. You're not finding it at a gas station. Those things, you can't right. even buy wine at Trader Joe's there. You have to go to very specific stores that are closed on, I think they're closed on Sundays. Um, But I mean, yeah, they're young, but I'm only 22 and I would not list Crown as a favorite whiskey. And I'm learning that's a big difference between I think being in California and being there. Or just people that, you know, hey, you have a drink and you go buy a bottle. Like that's probably one of the most popular brands that's out right. there. And Crown it's cheaper. Or Jack and, but you're talking about trying to learn it and tasting it. I'm talking about like real yes. whiskey. Like yeah. if I'm going to make an old fashioned, I'm not making it with Crown. Yeah, but if I'm going to sure. have like a mixed drink that has whiskey in it, then yes. Sure. I, it's not that it's not good. It's not what I would call like a high shelf no, whiskey. Totally. I mean, the same sure. way like with, like with beer. Like if I'm just... I can grab a Coors Light and have a beer or right, right. a yeah. Yellow Belly, you know, the original Coors. Oh, that's man, what, I love that's what I'm that's man. what I'm talking about there. But it's, but I like going to Timbler and having, you know, kind of the the IPA that mm-hmm. they have and mm-hmm. trying those different things. So it's you know, there's different tastes for it's, what you're into. It just sure. comes back to exposure. I, I mean, think so too. you know, if you haven't been right. exposed to high end whiskey, then you don't know. You know, the difference between Crown and the grocery store brand, right? Mm-hmm. It's right. gonna be much better. So yeah, I think sure. it's really yeah. about exposure. I mean, I, another example is DT. I saw you're wearing a butcher block hat, which is awesome yeah. for, yeah. it's a local butcher shop here, but you know, April has the family <laughs> farm hat because Caleb started his business with Dude, the beef. Okay. So I was checking that hat. Out. I need one bad. I, we're going to get you, we're yeah. going to get you a family farm hat. Have you but talked you about gotta, our farm before? You got to get, you got to buy Caleb's beef though, man. Down. So, Just so let me know, man. It's, let me know where know, to get it. Dude, we'll, oh. we'll bring you some. We'll bring you some of the beef. It's all raised on Cope's Ranch, and uh, ethically, think- humanely raised. No antibiotics, no hormones. They get hay, grain taken care of, and uh, you know that we're harvesting. Yeah, they're not fed cheap. I could say it's probably some of the only meat in town where they actually go clean up the cow shit at Cope's. Like they're very personal Mm -hmm. with these cows. Mm -hmm. They have, they have names. They go see them. Happy cows. Yeah. Yeah. Did we talk about this in the last episode? I I can't remember. I I can't remember if it was on it or before it. But but Caleb, uh, Caleb goes and he cleans out the pens. That way he makes sure that they're in they're they're living in an area that's clean and that they're um, taken care of absolutely in a a good ethical uh in a humane way i've I've seen uh, them out there at copes ranch they look happy yeah they're they're good they're healthy and then uh man i i I gotta tell you and i'm a little bit biased because it's caleb's stuff but we buy our our beef from him and 
it's every bit as good, if not better. I actually think it's better than any piece of beef we buy in a grocery store. I honestly didn't know it was our yeah. cow when we first were eating it. I think it was Tank that we were eating. <laughs> they did they get name cool them. names. Um, and I was like, this meat is so good. And my dad was like, that's our meat. I was like, this is our meat? No mm-hmm. way. Yeah. It's it's been really good. So it's delicious. Really good. I would and, say like the only meat we buy that's better than that is when we buy Wagyu, which costs us a fortune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we right. like the Wagyu beef from Ugh. from our guys. Uh, cutting, it's cutting edge, yeah, right? Tyson, it's usually where we buy yeah, them. Those, I, those maybe guys are great. We love it there. And that that beats that beats our beef hands oh, down, yeah. that, that Wagyu stuff that comes from Snake right. River Farms. Mm-hmm. But short of that, this is good. So we'll bring you uh, we'll bring your family farm hat, but you got to try some of the beef, feed it to your family, see if you uh, see if you like it. I, I love it. I man. think there is a big difference in um, eating a happy cow and a sad cow. I think from what I've, I only know so much, Dad, you have done so much more research into this than I have, but isn't it true that a cow knows when they're going to die, like when they're being sent off and so. it can changes how the meat tastes because how their hormones are, their adrenaline. I think there's a couple different factors. I think that in oftentimes in big feedlots, they're fit, they're given hormones um, to help them grow. They're to given grow certain bi- antibiotics because there's so many of them there to prevent them from getting sick. Um, when you have to take them, they're getting into trailers and then they're trucking them to feedlots where they've never been. They're going in line. I think, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody really knows, but I think that there's um, stress that gets dumped into the body from from that when they're going right. into to um, to to be slaughtered. Well, so for yeah. us to be able to raise them in a manner where they're harvested where they were raised, and they never they're not getting on a trucks and moving out there. Unfortunately, they don't they don't really see it coming, which means the body isn't dumping those chemicals yeah. into right. it. So I. Look, I'm not a, I'm not a true rancher. Caleb and I've, I've been learning this stuff together, and Jake, and with you and our and our family. Um, and I'm obviously not a doctor, or an expert, or a butcher, but I believe all those are factors when they're in feedlots. Sometimes they're so contained, and the pens are dirty with just muck and stuff everywhere. To be able to keep them where they're clean and clean water and taken care of, I I don't see how there's any way it can't translate into better tasting right. beef. Well, and I think too. That like remember for a little while their um their pen was like we had like a water leak or something and it mm-hmm. was just super we couldn't keep it clean and that had to be fixed and during that time they stopped eating uh and they weren't gaining weight like they yeah. were before and because their pen was just so had mud everywhere and we were trying to you know get that fixed so to me like that's just an example that um you know they weren't putting on the weight but if you were at a big you know a, where they had so many, all they would do is, okay, we're going to give them hormones so that they put weight on faster. Well, we don't do that. We fixed it. And then once that was all fixed, they started eating better and gaining weight. But because I was like, cause they were, they were sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to bring uh, Jared and Caleb on the podcast sometime to talk a little bit about what they're learning. Cause Jared really gave Jared Cope gave Caleb an opportunity. He wanted to learn how to start a business and, you know, Jared gave him the opportunity and Caleb's use his allowance to, to do it. And then, you know, we give him a ride out there and he works and Jake goes out there and, and cleans yeah. with Caleb. And then, uh, April and I'll drive him out there and April help feed and we're out there. And then, um, Adri's going to help Caleb get his social media stuff going to help Very develop good. that. And Important. so it truly, and, um, our oldest son Xander has helped, um, supplement Caleb financially what he didn't have with his allowance. He's helped him there. And then Caleb, you know, pay him some of the profits too. And so he's really learning a lot about the business uh, side of it and it's become the entire family. So Caleb calls it, he, he came up with the name. He wants to call it the family farm and uh, help paid a guy to help come up with the logo. And so he's got a logo and he's, he's uh, learning a lot. And through this, he's met some really great, ranchers up in Glenville that really appreciate his work ethic and they're teaching him things. And so mm-hmm. he's learning, learning so, a little bit of family so friend 12, up in Tehachapi. Our 12 year old is hanging out with a bunch of old cowboys. Yeah. And they're a family friend up in Tehachapi. He's got some property teaching him how Probably to Probably can't find a better a crew bit. to be around, man. To yeah. Be so it's oh, been, no. it's been, we've really had a lot of really great influences that are really taking an active interest in him and, 
at career day earlier this year, he said he was going to be a cattle rancher and he had a yep. cowboy hat on and the work gloves they gave him and his rope. Yeah. That's awesome. He's, uh, he's learning. So it's been, it's been fun. I, one of my favorite things about being your guys's kid is getting your guys's friends. So I think part of why I have a hard time relating to a lot of the kids that are my age is because I hang out with you guys and your friends all the time. And ever since, as soon as I turned 16, I was like, finally old enough to get in the gang. And <laughs> we had to jump her in. Yeah. You don't want to ask what my initiation process was. Yeah, um, good. yeah they beat me. Um, <laughs> it is super cool. That's like an extended family that, um, I'm not very close to our super extended family, close to like grandparents. And then my cousin Jasmine and I are very close, but far off cousins and things like that. Not really. Um, I see my aunt and uncle sometimes, um, but I can say that your guys' friends yeah. sometimes check in, actually for sure, check in more than right. a majority of our family do. They're like aunts and uncles that like I have like eight aunts and eight uncles like all over the place. Right. Jared let me nanny his kids when I was little. I worked on the ranch for a little bit. Like I would just go help feed all the animals while he was out of town. Um, I was selling a fridge. Shelly posted it. Cheyenne talked about buying it. Jared's had me work, help him at some, um, some fishing event or something at the fair for his tackle and rod shop. <laughs> just things that most, right. People can't say, oh, my parents' friends that are like family would do that to we me. We are so lucky with the friends that we have that truly are not just friends. They've become like family to the right. point that like because my mom is very family oriented with the extended family and I and we love our family, but we don't get to spend. We don't have a lot of free time anyways. And the free time that we do have, we spend it with our friends and not with our family because to a certain extent, right. our friends have become like the family that we choose. Yep. And so we spend a lot of time. Right. You know, with you know, Brooksy and Doug, the Douglases and the Copes and, mm -hmm. the, you know, the Neelands and just a ton of others. And this is who we spend right. our Thanksgivings with and who we see on Christmas and who this is who we live life with. You know, the people that we laugh with and cry with and that we, you know, want to be good influences on their kids and their good influences on ours. And we're just I, super again, we were talking about how many friends Shelly, the Wigglies and the I think it's. And, quantity over qual I mean, quality over quantity yeah. right like i would rather have our i don't know our group of such fantastic people uh that are we share a life with as opposed to just having a bajillion people but right. not the same I mean, think about that quality the yearies v and her mom i mean just that group of people right there just mm -hmm. Great, I mean, great people with just from amazingly diverse backgrounds oh, and yes, amazingly diverse very. uh you know, ethnicities and religions and Which cultural I think backgrounds helped, helped shape us, shape us, open our personality right, and perspective to things. Cause we, I mean, we have friends who are uh, Muslim and then we, you know, and uh, Jordanian. And then we have friends who, you know, like V who's she's Indian and Hindu and, and then Brooksy mm -hmm. um, uh, and just these different, you know, if you come to our house on a holiday, you're going to have a wide range of people that are there. It's, it's like not the United Nations in there. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. But it's so because you you learn about all these things that you didn't even see growing up. Right. Um, and and I, I just think that it helps kind of mold you and you learn more. And it's just it, they're super amazing. We're super blessed. I mean, anytime you need anything like. Shelly and Kyle, like if our kids are like, oh, we're doing sponsor, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to, we'll buy, we'll buy some or, hey, you want to use our this, you, you know, that's fine. Or, you know, what does Adri need? Or, you know, Shelly's like, hey, Adri has to know that when she goes, if she's having a hard time, she needs some, she can call me. Like I will help her with whatever she needs financially even. Uh, and there's people that say it right. and, and they mean it when they're there, but they're the people that will actually be there right. and not, you know, like Adri said check in and how's it going how people yeah. that take an active interest in our lives and our kids lives and we're and not just so, the good and not just the good not part just the good no, part. so no. so fortunate to have those because there's a lot of people you meet a lot of nice people along the way and then there's people that you think that maybe just want something or maybe yeah. you know maybe not even that nefarious but just i've just been so so fortunate and mm -hmm. to have friends in this community in in this, this it's super city, good so. for our kids like 
I don't want them to be um, so sheltered. You know what I mean? Like you need to know more about life than just what goes on in your house. And then also the support system, like, you know, for Adri, she's talking to the Neelands about car stuff and they are, they love her. Like they yeah. are always just like, she texts them. They all text back, you know, I text, I genuinely, t I have more friends who He's are in their forties and fifties yeah. than I have that are in my twenties. And I would right. like my goal in Utah is to make more friends that are closer to my age. Um, I think I have a hard time relating to them. Um, more, I, I, I'm have an easier time relating to my friends who are like about 26, 27. Um, not all the time. I mean, so, some of my friends who are my age, so I relate to them very well. It just is a little bit easier, I think, because I always hung out with my older brother and his friends and then my parents and their friends and my parents, friends check in all the time. I have, I have a handful of friends that check in often. They're amazing. They are also like family. They're fantastic. Um, but most, most kids I don't think can be like, Oh yeah, my parents, friends check in on me or mm -hmm. my parents besties are helping me find a car and have friends in Utah that are going to make me family dinners or things like that. Or Kyle Wigley let me rent a house from him. I mean, letting me rent a house out to one room to, um, an old friend and then one room to my brother and myself. That's definitely like a risk you take or giving me jobs when I've been in town. That reminds me last night we were at a nice fundraiser dinner and the Paneros who are just friends of ours since the very beginning, you know, taking an active interest. How's Adria? What's she doing? Oh my gosh, my family's in Utah. I want to connect her with them to help take care of That's them. That's awesome. Just, oh, yeah. just, we're super, we're super blessed. And it's really easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle and how busy things are in the life. Yeah. And we can talk about it, you know, like everybody, there's not enough to make ends meet here or there, whatever the case may be, or things right. that are going wrong. But to have these type of conversations help to serve to remind how fortunate and how blessed we are um, in this life. And it's really cool that you guys things. have that mindset because you're involved in so many good things as a family too. And so I, you know, it's just really cool to see the amount of things that you guys do for the community and the amount of things that you guys support and still feel that in the end, you're the one that's blessed. Totally. Good mind. That's, I mean, it's a perfect mindset, man. Yeah. No, it, it's just, that's the thing. It's the things that we get to be involved in though, or things that we just want to help serve and con contribute is because there's people that are running those organizations that we believe in and mm -hmm. we yeah. want to be a part of because we recognize in ourselves that sometimes I'm like, I, I don't think, I don't think through that I can be self-focused. And so it, it forces it forces that additional perspective of service and then you walk away feeling like you've helped contribute to things. So it's just a, there's a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of good stuff in life. This is going to be a big week for you. So maybe, um, maybe when you come home for the holidays or something, if you get a little bit of a break, we can do round two, episode two. We could even do a, uh... You know, she can be satellite. We oh, can, that's oh, true. Yeah. We yeah. might be able to link her check in with her. Update and check in. We'll get a yeah. update. That could be a thing that we feeling? do. Get a couple minute uh, uh, progress update. Yeah. So next episode, we'll we'll get a we'll get an Adri up, update. We'll get a family farm update. Okay. And then we'll get an update on uh, Cope's love life because that's always fun. That's always that's true. That's, <laughs> we need we, we do need an update. <laughs> Hey, we can't forget about that. We can't like, forget about it because he got as dramatic as a Grey's Anatomy episode. <laughs> yeah, that's like days of our lives, or as, yeah. the, as the stomach turns, or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> it probably has just as many characters as the TV show too. Yeah, probably we told more. him. Yeah. Probably we, more. We yeah, probably have him, don't even know about. We're gonna have him on the episode, but he has to listen to all these first. That way, he can come in and defend himself. Yeah. Like, Although I think it's largely undefendable because we haven't said anything that's not true. But right. we he does need to be able to come and give his perspective. I think it's been it's he's on a pretty good run right now, man, for being uh single. Yeah, I think yeah. he's on kind of a pretty good run right no, now. No, that's true because I think his because I think the single. Yeah, because I think the um, <laughs> yeah. the engagement ended a few months ago. So yeah, he's on a pretty good run yeah. right now. So we'll see. Oh man. Well, DT, thanks for having us. Uh, thanks for uh, allowing us to be here at the studio. Powerhouse yeah. podcasting. Love it here. You guys are some of the best people I know, man. You're always welcome here, of course. Hey, I I, I wanted to recap on, um, it's Mark, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Mark's Mark, Dead Horse Distillery. Um, yeah, so Dead Horse Distillery. And he's got 
He's got quite a few options. Yeah, yeah. this is. Right. Are you able to order it online? I don't think he does on online no, that I'm aware yet. of. I think it's in kind of in person, but I, I could be. I could love be the exclusivity, though. You can only find it if you come to Bakersfield. Right, right. No, that's cool. And so he's got it at some stores, local yeah, stores. Yeah, you're saying stuff. that um, at Save Mart he got recently at Sully's, oh, good, good. Um, and, and yeah. in person there at, at Dead Horse Distillery. Right. And I'm sure there's. So he's got a brick places. and mortar shop you can walk into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there okay, on, cool. on District. He's got the distillery here, okay. here in yeah. Bakersfield. Very so, cool. Yeah, go check him out. Man, that's a good guest, man. We can get him in here. Yeah, we'll chat get. With him. That's a good point. We'll have him is come it, in and chat with him sometime too. Is it legal to ship? alcohol can you can you guys send me a care package to utah and include it in there well, in case it's not legal let's not talk about it here but we'll figure out a way hypothetically i'll yeah. <laughs> think about hypothetically about a way to get you get you over there. well i'm sure that as your mother i will come see you so i can bring a care package yeah, throw it in you can put in your luggage on the plane you'll be there fine you send yeah. it out there yeah. can you guys stuff it into a teddy bear yeah and send it over well, thank right. you for being on our podcast also yeah. adri thank it you was, for being our first guest it was very fun I'm very honored. If there is one skill I have on my resume, it should be knowing how to talk. Oh, I don't a, even know what I'm saying. Sometimes I say it and later I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have, but you're like, I will uh, talk regardless. You're like, um, you guys watch The Office at all? No? Yeah. Any, any Office? Yeah. So you're like Michael yeah. Scott? Yeah. Just, just saying talk stuff. And then you worry about what comes out later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes That's I don't true. even know where the sentence is going. <laughs> I was thinking more like Will Ferrell in that movie Old School where he gets uh -huh. done and he gives the answer and he's... I don't even know what I said right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, thank you guys for being here. Uh, another great episode, great content. Adri, great to have you. And uh, I guess we'll we'll catch up on the next one. Sounds good. All right.